Welcome to this God-inspired message from Shofar Christian Church. Enjoy today's message. May you experience the presence of our Father and may you grow deeper in your relationship with Him. As we sit here tonight, um, whether it's the few of us here, some people at home, Lord, maybe it's someone calling in uh, somewhere on the road or on holiday, you know where we are, Father, physically, but you also know where we are in our journey here on earth, Lord. And we thank you that you say that every day and every step has purpose. I pray for tonight, Father, that you would bless not only us that bring the sermon, Lord, but every person who receives it tonight. May there be seeds and um, yeah, just bits of truth and wisdom, Lord, that, that really find fertile heart uh, swell in every heart, Lord. And um, as Belina said, may it grow, Father, into a big tree. Trees that bear good fruit, Father. Trees that testify of your goodness and of your mercy. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Great then. So let me maybe um, jump right in. Uh, I'm just going to talk a little bit in terms of an introduction. And then later on, we're going to give you guys a few pointers. I think first up, it's just important to understand what is waiting. You know, when do we wait and how would we, how would we go about thinking about waiting? I think let's see, you know, when do we wait? Um, there's a couple of times in our life, really, when we wait. Um, one of those times might be when God has given us a specific promise. Uh, maybe God has promised you, he's given you vision, he's sent word through other believers that um, your job is going to change. And you're very excited for that and you can't wait for that to happen. And so you're waiting for the fulfillment of that prophetic word in your life. We see this in the Bible in many instances, but I think maybe a famous one is King David, who is anointed as king at a very young age, but he does not ascend unto the throne until much later, years in fact. Um, we know about Joseph that has the dream that one day he will rule over his brothers and they will bow before him. But it's not until many, many years later that that prophetic word, that prophetic dream actually comes um, into reality. And so there might be a season of waiting for us where we're waiting on God's promise. It could be the other way around where we're waiting for something bad to stop or to end. Um, it might be that we're waiting for healing. It might be that we're waiting for a breakthrough in a specific area of life. Um, we see this with Paul and his thorn in the flesh. We know that um, on at least three times he asked God to take away this thorn in the flesh. We're not sure exactly what it was. But there's nothing in scripture that leads us to believe that it was ever taken away. And so we, we might think that maybe he died waiting uh, for that. Maybe, maybe that was the case. And I think another time that we also wait is, is maybe we don't have specific word from God. or We're not specifically trusting him for healing. But there's something that excites us. There's something in our hearts that... Um, just makes us tick over, you know, it's, it's just, it gets us up in the morning and, and maybe we're hoping that God gives us that opportunity to move from this job to that job. 
Maybe God hasn't given you a prophetic word, but you're trusting that one day he will send you a wife or a husband or kids. Um, maybe you're trusting him for um, just any means of something good. Maybe it's a degree that you're studying and you're trusting him that you're going to finish it successfully. And, and so these are some of the times that we typically find ourselves in this, what we would call a waiting season or a waiting period. And that's then when we would think that we're waiting. Now, we want to share some lies that we believe when we're waiting as well. And it's important for us to do that, not to give any credit to uh, the enemy here, but it's important to identify lies because lies come to change our perspective. And we want to correct that and we want to give ourselves the best chance during a period of waiting by saying there's a truth here and the truth sets us free from the burden that we might experience. So what are some lies when we're waiting? And this is not on the screen. Uh, I'm, just, I'm just wrapping this up in the intro. I think a few of these lies we believe simultaneously or we jump between them when we're in a season of waiting. But definitely a big lie is that waiting is bad and life can only be good again at the end of it. Uh, and I'm saying that's a lie and we're going to explain why tonight. But it's really important for us to know that um, that's a lie from the enemy. That's not actually true. Another lie is that, okay, waiting might not be bad, but when I'm waiting, life stalls. You might have felt like that during lockdown a lot. Um, it's now two weeks or four weeks or who knows how long um, of lockdown level four or five or adjusted or what. And, you know, I'm, I'm just waiting. Life is, life is now stalling. And then at some point the president will say something and then life will start again. And, and typically we feel like that in life as well with maybe even bigger things. Another lie is that when I'm waiting, there's no purpose. And so what I do whilst I'm waiting doesn't really matter. Um, you know, whether I take it seriously or not doesn't really matter because nothing's going to change until I'm done waiting anyway. And so this right here has no purpose. Um, another lie, and I think this is something that uh, especially is true for us in our culture, Western culture and um, in South Africa, is that waiting is erg. It's Afrikaans word, you know, erg. This is om te wachtsak, is wat ons baie keer vir mekaar sê. And because that is so, and we all go, yeah, 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 jammer om te hoor, jy wacht, you know, because that's the case, we want to shorten it. We want to say, it, it, we must really try and avoid this waiting thing. And I think finally, um, another version of a lie that comes in there is that I will only experience fulfillment, I can only wake up with a fulfilled heart once waiting is over. And so some days I wake up dreading the day because I know today I'm going to wait again. And only when the wait is over will I feel better. And then I'll wake up. I'll be happy to wake up. But not today because I'm waiting. So there's a bunch of lies here. And, and what they do is they break our perspective on waiting. And what we need to do is have a godly perspective on waiting. So what is a godly perspective on waiting? Um, we're going to share four truths with you guys. Um, and, and when we share them, they will be on the screen as well. But let's maybe dive right in with Romans then. And um, let's read together on the screen Romans 8 verse 29. It reads as follows. For God knew his people in advance and he chose them to become like his son. So that his son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. So what that verse teaches us is that God chose us to become like Jesus. 
He's making us like Jesus. We're in that process of transformation. And maybe some of you recognized something there, Romans 8.29. It looks familiar and you can't exactly place it. Um, and the reason why is because typically we love to read Romans 8 verse 28, the verse just before that. So let's see what the verse before it says um, in context with what we know now from verse 29. Verse 28 then reads, And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. And so really, if we read these two verses together, we see that this good that God is talking about here, everything working together for our good, when he says it's working together for our good, that our is all of the people he is making like Jesus. And so God defines good as anything that makes you more like Jesus. Now when we say that, there's a, there's a breakthrough that comes because I can now ask the question and say, can uncertainty then be good? And the answer is yes, if it makes me more like Jesus. Can discomfort be good? And the answer is yes, if it makes me more like Jesus. Of course, this is not how we think and speak. Um, we don't equate words like discomfort or words like uncertainty or words like waiting even um, with good. We don't typically say, yeah, you know, it's going really good with me. I've been waiting for a while now, still uncertain about what the outcome is going to be. And uh, in the meantime, it's really uncomfortable. Uh, life isn't great. So, yes, good. You know, and, and I'm not saying we should speak like that, right? Uh, nobody speaks like that. But in the context here, yeah, it's super important when we're talking about our perspective on waiting to, to understand that God's definition of good looks different. Of course, we might also be tempted to think that, okay, that's fine, I'll take that. But then words like comfort, works like, words like certainty, vision, ambition, those words are good, right? And so, and so it's fair of me to want to pursue those things and chase those things. And again, the answer is, well, hold on. If it's not making you more like Jesus, then no, then it's not good. And so I just want to draw, uh, you know, draw this line in the sand here. Of course, in general life, if you go to the office, if you go and work, um, if today we were working here setting up this set, if, if we were not clear on what we wanted to achieve and on time and we achieved it and there was clarity of vision, then it wouldn't have worked and it would be bad. Okay, so in that context, it is bad and at work and so it's, it's bad. Um, but when it comes to waiting with God and in his will, we need to redefine what we see as good and what we see as bad. Now, this really does change my perspective because what it means is that in the process of waiting, the lie is that the good part only comes at the end when I see the result and the breakthrough. But God says, no, 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 the process can be good. It's in the process that I'm making you more like Jesus. And what this does is it really changes the way that we think about life and the way that we pray. Um, maybe a quick testimony from my side. Estelle and I went through a restructure at the end of 2018, 2019 um, in Sassel. It was not the most recent one. It was the one before that. And um, we knew that it was going to be a season of waiting. And so we thought, okay, and, and I believe this lie that, you know, it's only going to be good at the end. So, so I thought best 
Estelle and I discuss this. We look at our options. Maybe God wants to move us out of Secunda. Maybe he wants to move us away from Sassel. And, and you know, we, we need to get the permutations and the options on the table, all of the alternatives. And then the way I would pray would be, God, if you want to move us out of Secunda, please give me a sign. And then I'm waiting and I'm looking for signs. And I don't get the sign. And I say to Estelle, maybe, maybe that's not it. Maybe we're not praying big enough. Maybe God wants to move us out of South Africa, you know, and so we're thinking, okay, but where to? Would it be Australia? Would it be America? Would it be Canada? Would it be really any place on the globe? And, um, and, and then I'm thinking about that and then I'm praying about that. And it made us extremely tired because we believed the lie that we need to figure out what is going on right now. And only once we figured out at the end, it will be good. And knowing this truth would have changed the way we did it then changed the way we did things afterwards but in the moment they didn't do it and we we saw it only much later on but this truth lands it for us to say that in the waiting it can be good and in the waiting what we can rather pray and 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 when our perspective is correct is we don't pray for God to align his will and his works with our will we pray for God to actually align our hearts with his will to align our hearts with his heart in the time, even though we do not see the outcome. And so, truth number one, that we need to land and really solidify and allow to change our perspective when it comes to waiting, is that I wait knowing that the present is good and not only the future, even if it is difficult currently. I think that's an important truth for us and... Um, I'll just hand over to Estelle to, to take a bit further. Yeah, so um, if you are wondering, I have a laptop here on, on the side, so that's why I'm looking off screen every now and again. So Hanu spoke about God's plan being good and being good for you. And I want to take it a step further now and ask, do you believe that God's plan is the best plan for you? Do you believe that it's not just a good plan, but it is the best plan? And we, um, when we're waiting or when we need to desire something, we often are very quick to acknowledge that God is sovereign. He's all-powerful. He can do anything at any time. He can make it happen. He can move the mountains. And we appeal to that power and say, but God, you could take this away now, or you could give me that thing now, or why not? And what we must remember is that we, we must also hold God's character um, as a whole in our minds. And the specific characteristic is that God is loving and sovereign. So yes, he's all powerful, but he's going to use that power in the most loving way. And his love is perfect. He is love. He is the embodiment of love. So when he says, I will do it in a loving way, you can trust that it's loving. And it's the most perfectly loving thing for you. And that he loves you with that perfect love. So God is sovereign and loving. And what comfort that gives us and what that allows us to do is it allows us to trust God that his timing is perfect. When he chooses to use his power or not, or allow something or not, it is 
perfect. It's not just good. It's not just a good thing. It's perfect. And it's the best thing for us. And the, um, the truth to remember, um, I, will, I will land it just now in terms of the words, but we, we hope in who God is during a time of waiting. We don't hope in the outcome, in the answer, in the end result. We hope in who he is and his character, and we hold on to that truth during the time of waiting. And um, just to share also another testimony from our lives. So after this restructure that Anu was referring to, and we settled, we stayed in Secunda, and we had a job. So <laughs> we, we felt that on our heart that um, it was the time to, to start a family. And I had received a prophetic word or a vision um, from God when I was still single, that I would be pregnant one day. And um, at that time, I thought it was going to be miraculous because there was no one around who <laughs> was on the scene. And um, Hanu also received a, a vision of, of having kids one day. So, so we knew it was on God's heart for us, and we really trusted in that. And um, yeah, so after a few months, I wasn't pregnant yet. And one day I was driving home from, from someone else's baby shower, and I remember um, just crying in the car because I was like, I want that. I want to have my baby shower. And, and I realized that this is this thing I desire, and I'm going to have to wait for it. And I was like, yes, I don't want to wait again. Like, we just waited for that thing. We've had a lot of other things we were waiting for before. We were waiting for other stuff. I'm like, I don't want to wait again. Like, must I wait? Can't I just get it this one now? Like, can this one just happen quickly? And, and I realized that I had a choice. I had a choice in how I was going to wait. And this truth that, that God's plan is the best plan for me is something that, that we really held on to during that, that time of waiting. And, um, and it, it's because of that also that the enemy couldn't come and sell me the lie that, well, you know, I really have no value or purpose um, until I'm pregnant. Um, and that this is the thing that I must now pursue with everything in me. And because, you know, until I'm pregnant, then, you know, nothing else really matters, which is not true. Um, and, and if you're in a space where you are waiting for that specifically, I want to say that it's not true, that God has, um, God has made you and he has called you to serve him and love him. And that is deeply purposeful. Um, and having kids is deeply purposeful too, but trust in his timing. And um, yeah, I, there's a lot of details which I don't have time to share tonight. I'm happy to share if anyone wants to, to chat through it. Um, but we also, I mean, we, we went to go see doctors. We got second opinions. Um, we, yeah, we didn't just sit back. Um, but we could do it without pressure or anxiety to now perform. Now we must get it right. Now, you know, like there wasn't this pressure. We could really just trust that um, we're going to do what, what we feel is right and what God leads us to do and, and really trust him for, for the result. And um, yeah, so it was a two-year journey. And I can use past tense because I'm 20 weeks pregnant. So, um, and I can really look back and say that God has been so faithful in giving me peace and patience in that time. Unlike the time before that when we were waiting. And um, 
and I and I realized that that there are certain things we wait for in life that are hard. And and I'm not saying it wasn't hard at times. I'm not saying that there aren't tears. And I'm not saying that it's a, it's a really deeply um, it's a real deep thing for a woman to to struggle to fall pregnant. Um, the enemy comes with so many lies on your identity. I'm not saying that those things aren't true. I'm saying that God offers you peace in that, and there's a truth you can hold on through that. Um, so to to land that um, that statement, um, I can wait patiently because I can trust my sovereign and loving Father that His plan is for my best. Um, yeah. Thank you, Mister. So. Really waiting well is also not just about holding on really well. Um, if I can trust that the process is good, if I take it a step further, as we've heard now, to say that not only is it good, but it's the best plan, it's in God's will, then then I have to admit and say, and, and hopefully this truth is coming through, that really waiting is not God's will being paused or being delayed. It's not that. It is his will. It is part of the journey that God has for me. I um, only thought of this now as Estelle was speaking, but can you imagine Jesus going through high school and then his early 20s? Maybe you're in your early 20s. Let me say this. That, that's a difficult time of life. I mean, I haven't gone through my 50s yet, and um, we'll find out what that is like, right? But Yes, Jesus, going through his 20s, knowing who he is, knowing what his calling is, knowing everything that he's going to do, but he has to wait. Surely that cannot be sin. Surely it cannot be broken. It is part of God's journey, and he's trusting the Father perfectly in that. Um, I just thought of sharing that right now, a little bit off script, but let's move on. I think the point I want to make is that we can wait and in the process, have victory. In the process, be effective kingdom builders. Be effective disciple makers. Um, two men who really show this really well is um, Paul and Silas when they're in jail. Um, we can read that together on the screen. We're reading from Acts 16, verse 22 to 28. And um, what has happened here is they were going around and, and they were driving out demons from people and they drove it out from a lady who was a fortune teller and now suddenly this demon isn't with her and she cannot do her fortune telling business and now a lot of people are lo losing a lot of money. So they bring them before the courts and the authorities and they accuse them of all sorts of things. And this is where we picked up um, the story then or pick up the story now. Now the crowd joined in attacking them and... The magistrates tore the garments off them and gave orders to beat them with rods. And when they had inflicted many blows upon them, they threw them in prison, ordering the jailer to keep them safely. Having received this order, he put them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. Uh, we can go to the next slide there. Right. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them, and suddenly there was a great earthquake, 
so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's bonds were unfastened. When the jailer woke and saw that the prison doors were open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself, supposing that the prisoners had escaped. But Paul cried with a loud voice, Do not harm yourself, we are all here. And that's on the next slide. And what we see here is that Paul and Silas are walking about, doing the work of God, evangelizing, driving out demons from demon-possessed people. And that should have been a great start to the morning. I think if you wake up in the morning, you're walking through the streets, and next thing you know, you've already done uh, your first uh, driving out of a demon for the day. You, you're pretty much high-fiving, you know, going, yeah, man, this is good. And that evening, they're in jail. They've been falsely accused. They've been found guilty of things that they probably did not do or whatever the accusations were. Not only are they thrown in jail, but they are severely beaten. And they're not just thrown into any jail. They're thrown into the inner cell where there is no daylight even when the sun is out with their feet fastened in blocks. It's not a comfortable place at all. right? And Paul and Silas, they don't say oh my goodness, this must be a catastrophe. I mean, surely this is not God's will. We were in his will this morning. Something must have gone wrong. And so, um, you know, let's, let's just wait this out. At some point, we'll be out of jail. The moment we can get out of here, we're going to run. We'll go to a different port and we'll go and share the event, um, you know, evangelize over there. That's not what they're saying. And we know that they prayed and that they praised God. And I'm not saying that they did not pray to be set free, right? Um, I'm not saying that we are allowed to pray for God to come and set us free and to release us from our chains when we feel like we're in jail. So definitely we should do that. But their focus here is not on the waiting to end. They have this victory inside of them, knowing that every day and every moment is good and is in God's will. Good by his definition, remember? And they worship and they pray. And even when the earthquake comes, and their chains fall off, this is almost, you almost want to say it's a test, because they don't bolt right out of there, going, thank heavens, let's go. They have the presence of mind to say, wait a minute, there's other um, people in jail here with us. And Paul looks around and he sees that the jailer is about to take his own life. The same man who kept him in that very dark place. And at that point, there's already forgiveness in his heart if there was any anger or resentment. There's already forgiveness to say, whoa, 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 don't take your life. We are all here. We also know if we read on in Acts that, God, that Paul actually speaks to the jailer and um, yeah, he gives his life to God that night right there and then. What an amazing focus on the intentionality that God has for us for each day, the purpose that is there for each day, to be able to look past the circumstance and see the purpose in it. So again, if our perspective is right, we don't see waiting as God's purpose or his will delayed or waiting. We see it as the path, the way to go. To make it practical, let's think about this. In a season of waiting, am I praying, God, give me strength for this day so, so that I can just hold out one more day? Or am I waking up saying, God, I know I'm in a season and waiting, and at some point I know it'll end, but, or it might not, but it doesn't matter, God. You give me new mercies for this day. And 
Are we waking up? Are we praying and saying, God, give me grace for this day to walk in your will and purpose for this day? Truth number three then, so important for us to get that perspective correct, is that for the Christian, every day, every day, whether we're waiting or not, every day is an opportunity to know God better and to build in his kingdom. Yeah, and I think, um, so we've shared, we've shared three truths so far, and I'm going to share the last one with us now. And um, it, yeah, you might feel like, well, you know, there's this way to, to conquer waiting, to, to avoid it, but, but that's, not, that's not possible. So waiting is it's part of our lives, and uh, there's always another thing to wait for. Um, there's always another milestone. There's always another thing that you can go and, and focus on. Um, you know, once you're married on your wedding day, everyone's asking you when you're going to have kids. And then once you have kids, they ask you when you're going to have the next one and what school are they going to go to and all, you know. So there's just always something. And um, it's really just, it is part of, it is part of life. And there's, there's something deeper there um, in waiting um, that that actually points us to God. And I, I want to read to us from uh, 2 Peter 3, verse 13 to 15. And it, it says, But we are looking forward to the new heavens and new earth he has promised, a world filled with God's righteousness. And so, dear friends, while you are waiting for these things to happen, make every effort to be found living peaceful lives that are pure and blameless in his sight. And remember, our Lord's patience gives people time to be saved. And this is really the thing that we're waiting for. Deep down, really we're waiting for this day when we are reunited with God in a world filled with his righteousness, filled with his goodness, experiencing him in his fullness. And there will be no more waiting because we will have the ultimate thing. We will have God himself in his fullness. And this is really only possible because of what Jesus has done on the cross, and that we even have access to this. And it is the great hope of the Christian that we hold on to at all times to know that there is a good end to this story. And um, it's such a powerful, um, it's such a powerful thing to 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 realize that that's what Jesus has given us access to. Yes, it means that we have access to God now, but it's only the beginning. And we live in this tension of we have access to God, we have access to His fullness and and satisfaction, but it's not complete yet. And every time you feel that tension, I want you to remember that we have a great hope that Jesus has made a way for it to be fulfilled one day. And, and that's the ultimate point that we're waiting for. Yes, there are many milestones in life, but they are not the point. It's just another point in your story. And yes, these things are significant and they matter and they bring God glory, but they're not the ultimate reason for being. Um, our reason for being is, is, to, is to have relationship with God and to live out his will um, here on earth. And um, yeah, so I really hope that it's something that, um, that can encourage you in a season of waiting as well. So in, uh, let's land the fourth truth then. Although I am waiting now, I can have hope in Christ that one day there will be no more waiting. Um, yes, you might be waiting now, but 
you won't be waiting forever. One day it will, it will be over. And this final truth, um, just to close off, gives us a hint of really what is at the heart of waiting. At the heart of waiting is the sense of lack of fulfillment. It's the sense of, yeah, but there must be something more. Like, it's that, is this all, is this all there is to life? It's, it's that tension that we feel. And um, if I can, you know, it's in that tension that the enemy comes to say, yeah, no, you're not fulfilled because you need that car or you need to get married and then, then you will be happy. But in that moment of tension, come and allow God to speak to your heart and run to him and say, God, you are the only true fulfillment. You are the only true satisfaction. Um, let him lead your prayers and let him, let him lead you in purpose. Um, despite despite feeling that that tension, um, yeah, yeah, I think that's what I'm gonna I'm gonna end off. <laughs> Thank you, my love. That's all from us tonight, guys. Um, we'd love to just close off in prayer, and then we will have breakout rooms as well. We invite you to those. Um, it's a great place to just see someone else's face if maybe you haven't had the opportunity for that this week. Um, it's also a great place to to maybe discuss a little bit of what is shared here tonight. Um, and I can promise you that when you share in a breakout room, the other people will be respectful and um, you know hear you out and also learn and hopefully grow from what you have to share um, so please uh, feel very welcome there but let me then pray and then we'll go into the breakout rooms with a topic for discussion there god we thank you lord that you come and that through your word through the wisdom and the truth in your bible lord we can actually come and change our perspective lord we repent lord that we've believed the lies of the enemy in so many areas that um yeah, we've given him a foothold, Father, to, to come and tear us away, to, to really make life miserable because we're trying to measure you against the expectations that we create, Lord. We thank you that tonight, Lord, we can lay it all down and we can just throw off these chains that the lies bring, Lord. We know, Father, that you encourage us to pray, Father, to bring all supplications to you, Lord, to to seek you in all that we do. And so every milestone in life matters to you, Father. We thank you that getting married or having a breakthrough or receiving healing or healing a relationship, Lord, that it matters to you. But we thank you also, Lord, that it's not the ultimate thing. You've called us and you're making us more like Jesus. That is the ultimate thing. And if anything and everything else fails, Father, that will not fail. We are sealed for that glorious day. We thank you, Lord, for these truths. And we pray that you'll come and change our hearts, change the way that we pray, Father. And that we would take on this week knowing that we can be victorious even in a time of waiting. That we can have peace and purpose in a time of waiting. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.